They're live, local, and talking about the stories that matter to you. Share your opinions with Mark and Melinda at 512-836-0590. Now, here are Mark and Melinda. 503, thanks a lot for joining us. Tiger is here. We hope you're having an excellent afternoon. State Attorney General Ken Paxton has filed three more lawsuits. These are cases where off-duty law enforcement officers say they were denied taking their firearm inside venues with them. In this case, the lawsuits are against the State Fair of Texas, the factory in Deep Ellum in Dallas, and a theater in Grand Prairie up in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. All three are accused of prohibiting off-duty law enforcement officers from bringing their firearms into these venues. And Paxton says that's a violation of state law. The law was passed in 2017. Well, and as I read this, he's giving them... He's given them time. He, he gave them notification after first learning of the first incident in, in all of these locations by sending them a letter uh, reminding them of the law to which he got correspondence back from them stating, oh, thank you, we'll do better moving forward kind of thing. And then he found out that they didn't do better, that they were continuing uh, not allowing them in. So I, I think that this is what the next step is 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 to say we're not going to allow you to continue to blatantly disregard the law here yes uh in one case the factory in deep ellum i think that's a bar it seems like it would be i'm, I'm kind of actually on a couple of these locations going why are they having people check in the first place i've never been to a movie theater and, and I, is that what that this theater is or is it more like a go see an opera concert type venue. I I thought it was one of those kind okay. where the lady with the Viking helmet Okay. Is, is well, then th- that I understand. You have security for there, but I was thinking I've never been asked in. <laughs> uh, the the factory in Deep Ellum is a premier concert and private event venue that's okay. in Dallas. At least eight off-duty law enforcement officers have been prevented from bringing their weapons into that venue in separate cases going back to 2021. The State Fair of Texas has also denied off-duty officers to enter the State Fair of Texas with their firearms. Same thing for the theater in Grand Prairie. We told you last Friday that he was suing a bar in San Antonio, uh, alleging they've been doing the same thing to off-duty officers. So now this is going to court And the attorney general says that uh, there may be more lawsuits like this filed, uh, indicating there could be a pattern all over Texas of venues keeping law enforcement from entering with their firearm. I'm curious, could he not have just charged them? I mean, it's a violation of the law. Could he not have said, okay, I am going to charge whoever's responsible here for this for violating the law here's the ramifications i fine you or whatever or can he only go the route of suing i have no problem with him suing let me just be upfront about that i'm just curious if there is a in between i wrote you a letter and told you what the law is and you you just ignored it to i'm suing you now the state attorney general primarily handles civil matters He's not really 
criminal. criminal prosecutor, like a local DA. And in this case, the law sets out penalties. It says a court can order the venue to stop blocking these officers who are off-duty from entering with their firearm, and they can be fined for $1,000 per violation. Those are the remedies set out by the legislature. Then that's how he needs to pursue it, because, again, he's already written, he's already told them and made them aware of the law, you know, just in case they weren't aware at the first instance, and they continue to be that way. And that theater in Grand Prairie... I mean, they went as far to write on their website, guests, including law enforcement personnel, not present in an official capacity, prohibited. So in writing, they're saying, we don't care what the law is. We're still prohibiting you. Mm -hmm. We'd like to get your thoughts on this story at 512-836-0590. Call or text to join the conversation. Uh, The theater in Grand Prairie Uh, says that it does a metal detector screening of everyone entering their theater. So that's how the theater would know if someone is carrying a firearm. Uh, I'm not sure how the State Fair of Texas handles it or the live music venue. In the case of the bar that's being sued in San Antonio, one off-duty officer said that he showed them his badge and he pulled out a copy of the state law and let them read it word for word. And they still would not back down. They wouldn't let him enter with his firearm. I'm curious. I mean, obviously, in the the theater's case, that's their policy. I'm curious for the state fair or this factory in Deep Ellum. Is it the management, the ownership that has said, we're not going to allow this? Or was this whoever is working that portion deciding on their own that they weren't going to allow them in yeah interesting question some of you uh work in these types of businesses does this happen very often are these isolated types of incidents 512-836-0590 some of you are in law enforcement or have experience in law enforcement Have you experienced this, or have you heard of colleagues who have uh, gone through this? 512-836-0590. Seeing a text here bringing up a good point. Uh, The State Fair just had a shooting the last time it was open. They're going to allow for for that, but they're going to prevent um, law enforcement officials from coming in with their weapons? And, And... I would feel more comfortable knowing there are law enforcement officers who are off-duty carrying a weapon at all of these venues. That doesn't bother me. If there is trouble, I think, okay, perhaps they could be very helpful in dealing with it. Yeah, I think it is a sense of comfort that to think no matter where you go, there's a potential of a good guy having a gun that no one else, that the bad guy doesn't know about. You don't know about and the bad guy doesn't know about. That's a sense of security. That's kind of why, you know, I chose to get my license to carry. It is just that sense of if something goes down, you want a good guy to take down the bad guy. Uh, We'd also like to get your thoughts on former President Trump saying last night, yes, Governor Greg Abbott is on my short list of possible running mates. As a vice presidential candidate, what do you think of that idea? Is that a good idea? Would you like to see Trump pick Abbott? 
what would Abbott bring to the table, to the ticket, or would you prefer someone else? 512-836-0590 to weigh in on that one. Barry is calling from Cedar Park. Barry, good afternoon. I understand you're a retired officer. Is that right, sir? Yes, sir. That's correct. Uh, I've been noticing this topic up for discussion for a couple of days, and I had the opportunity to chime in this afternoon. On a parallel note, I'd like to point out that President George Bush, back in 2004, signed legislation that would allow honorably retired peace officers to carry their handguns nationwide. Interesting. So that's kind of a kind of a parallel to what we're talking about. Would I that, can uh, tell you I can tell you personally, last time I approached a venue I declared my my status and the venue decided to just give me a wrist a wristband to wear that the uh, security officers on the premises would be able to ID me as uh, I had been checked and I'm legitimate to have a a weapon with me. That makes sense because as something happens and then they see, okay, we know he's one of the good guys. You know, we know yes, that ma'am. he's there. So I, I don't see that that would be a problem. That makes sense. It sure does. Okay, just wanted to offer those pieces of information there to you, folks. Barry, Thank uh, you. no, that's good Thanks, information, Barry. Barry. Uh, one quick question, if you have a second. Yes, sir. Have you ever uh, declared at a location and had trouble getting in? No, sir, I have not. Okay. Well, that's that's good to know. This has just emerged in the news. Last Friday was the first story about it with the lawsuit against the bar in San Antonio. Now we have more lawsuits today. Uh, Barry, thank you, sir. I hope you have a great evening and a really good weekend. Uh, 512-836-0590. Get in here and join the conversation. Meg is in Cedar Park. She wants to talk about... Uh, the possibility of Trump and Abbott running together. Hello, Meg. Welcome. Hi. Thank you. Um, I, I think Abbott would make a, a great VP candidate, but I do think he's needed here. So what I, I told your screener, if we could clone him, it would be great, but <laughs> I, I think he is needed here. So, <laughs> so you, you really don't want to see him get picked, but if he were, he would be good. Precisely. Yeah. What What specifically is it that you think Abbott yeah, would... the border, would, just a really strong hand with the border and, and you know, reminding the other cities in the country that, that this is their problem, too. So you think that, that strong border stance that Abbott has would translate well to voters, maybe even in, in New York, uh, Illinois, different well, places? Unfortunately, yes, but I, I think we need that stance here, locally. But, but well, that's, so. that's an interesting part of that. Let's say he is picked. How will that play to the cities that have been blaming Abbott for their influx of <laughs> illegals? Would they go, oh, he was the one that sent them to us and now we have all of these problems. I don't want him. Or would they go, I appreciate that he brought to our attention that this is a nationwide problem, not just a border state problem. I think it could negatively impact the ticket, actually, now that you say it that way. Um, yeah, I always thought about it that way. So it could boomerang in blue areas. Maybe, unless people are willing to have a really candid conversation about this issue, which, I mean, it seems like some people are, yeah, especially in Chicago. Oh, no question. Mm-hmm. Uh, they They are furious, and I've seen interviews with a number of Chicago residents who say, for the first time in my life, 
I'm going to vote Republican instead of Democrat. Yeah, it's, I mean, when you see that the resources are, are moving directly from your pool, it, it, it hits home, I think, regardless yeah. of how they got there. It does, yeah. Meg. Thank you very much, Meg. You have a nice evening. Uh, let's go to Lee in Maynard. He wants to talk about Attorney General Paxton suing these venues that are not allowing off-duty police officers to bring their firearm inside these venues. Hello, Lee. How are you? Hey, Mark and Melinda. Great afternoon to y'all. Hope you're having a good day. Yes, thank you. You too. Hey, I just want to take a quick issue or point of issue with y'all in the term that y'all use repeatedly as weapons that people are carrying. And I, I have, I've called in before. I've been a shooting sports instructor for 4-H kids and things like that. And I always teach kids that these are firearms. They're not weapons unless they use them as such. So I, I'm just kind of calling the point. It's a, it's a bone of contention with me. So I just wanted to point it out to y'all that those terms are not necessarily interchangeable. Got it. Thank, Thank you, you, Lee. Have a good weekend. 512-836-0590-516 with Mark and Melinda. And now, back to The Mark and Melinda Show. Join the conversation at 512-836-0590. Tigers here producing. It's 518. Hope you're having a good one among the stories we're discussing. Former President Trump said last night, Governor Greg Abbott is on his short list. A possible vice presidential running mate candidates. We're getting your thoughts on that. And just to be clear, Governor Abbott said today, yeah, I'm running for re-election here in Texas. Uh, thanks. I'm I'm honored. But right now, my, my focus is on Texas, <laughs> which, I mean, he has to say that. Yes, yes. You know that if Trump were to say, would you run with me, he would say yes in a heartbeat. I would think so. Because one way Abbott might look at it is, I'll be VP and then... I would be the nominee. It would be easy to be, yeah, to to run for president after that. Yes. We're also getting your thoughts on State Attorney General Ken Paxton suing three more venues, accusing them of breaking state law by prohibiting off-duty law enforcement officers from bringing their firearms into these venues. The State Fair of Texas, there's a music venue in Dallas, and then a theater in the Grand Prairie area. Add those to the list of the bar in San Antonio who's being sued for the same reason by Attorney General Ken Paxton. We're just getting your thoughts on that, 512-836-0590. Call or text to join the conversation. Uh, If you're law enforcement, have you ever encountered this problem? If you work at a venue that really checks people carefully, have you had to turn away someone who's off-duty that uh, is carrying a firearm? 512-836-0590. Also, adding to the mix, the Heritage Foundation is out with a new report this afternoon saying that the cost of public school education for the illegal immigrant children arriving under Biden's open border policy is skyrocketing. They're saying, according to U.S. Border and Patrol numbers, 145,000 children in 2023 crossed the border At an average national cost of $16,000 per student, that adds an additional $2 billion per year to the taxpayer's cost of education. And they said a lot of states and districts are just not set up to handle that rapid increase. That's a lot of money. $2 billion? 
that it raises what has the federal government done to address the cost have they added more money into the education fund that they send out the the federal funds that they send out not that i know of i'm not aware of it they say texas new york arizona and california in particular are bearing uh, a very heavy load of additional costs for tens of thousands of unexpected kids enrolling. Uh, That should be an invoice that makes it to the president's desk. We need reimbursement. Let's go to Gary at 521 on KLBJ with Mark and Melinda. Hello, Gary. How are you? I'm fine. How are y'all? Very well, sir. Welcome aboard, Gary. About 20 years ago, um, I'm a retired, I was a retired police officer there in Austin PD, and my wife was a detective on duty, and we had a court case up at the county courthouse, and they denied her entry because she was carrying a gun while on duty. This was at the Travis County Courthouse? Yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> Let A.G. Paxton know. He'll get on it. <laughs> oh, that was before, yeah, that was before they made that law book. Uh, but she was on duty, and she was plain clothes, of course, because she was a detective. And they made her, I, they made her go back to her car and put the gun in. I, I told her at the time, make her, make them arrest you. They what? didn't do it though. They didn't. So, uh, what was the the ultimate outcome on all of that, Gary? Well, my wife was scared she'd get in trouble at the PD, so she went back and put the gun in her car. Yeah. And the funny thing is, after court, we came back, and two deputies were scuffling with a guy there in the courthouse right in front of us. Uh-oh. Yeah. So, and if it was somebody had a gun, we, we didn't have one. Man. See, that's why I said a little bit earlier, Gary, just as a as a customer, as a patron of these places. You'd appreciate it. I would appreciate it. I'm not bothered by the thought of an off-duty officer being in there with a firearm. Well, and the chances that you even know that that is happening is pretty slim, unless you happen to see them uh, show their credentials to get in. You're not going to know. Right. Gary, I just thought y'all would like to know. Yes, sir. You have a good one, Gary. Thanks so much. 512-836-0590. Also in the news today... President Biden and his administration say they have finished writing the new rules for the washers and dryers you'll be buying in the future here in America. And uh, they say we're proud to announce that we're going to be saving you money on your utility bills with these new types of washers and dryers. I keep hearing that these new types of appliances are because it saves the environment and that it's somehow going to save me money in the long run. But I never hear about, will they be efficient in the, in the form of, will they perform the duty I need it to perform? The do the clothes get clean with one run through? Do they dry or am I going <laughs> to have to hang them outside to finish the drying process? Yes. And how long do these new dryers and washers last? Do they wear out faster? How long? Do they cost more? Is it going to be easy to find parts or will it be difficult to find parts? Is this something that I can fix myself or am I going to have to have a repairman come in to do it? These questions are not addressed in this story we have. This story just focuses on what the Biden team says uh, is going to be the benefits for the consumers and the environment. They're really touting this as a way to cut down on CO2 emissions 
which will be beneficial to the environment. Uh, by using less energy, we will reduce carbon emissions, and that's good for the environment. And then they say it's going to use less energy to run these appliances, and that saves you on utility bills. So that's the focus of all of this. But they're not addressing a lot of those questions that American consumers would have. Right, and everything that they've said so far that's going to save you on your utility bills has only increased the utility bills so far. I mean, I guess we got to hold off for, they said over the next three decades, I guess we have to hold on for three decades before we see the decrease. Yes. All right, you can weigh in on that one as well at 512-836-0590. Call or text to join the conversation. Also, the Austin Monitor is reporting that the Austin City Council is moving forward with a plan to give taxpayer money to the live music and uh, concert venues on Red River Street downtown. They have ordered the city manager to get back to them with a very detailed plan for making this happen by May 2nd. How much money will be handed out? Who gets it? How long do they get it? Et cetera, et cetera. But the council made that decision at their meeting yesterday. KVU is reporting on that. And in case you missed it earlier, we also told you that yesterday the city council was informed they're going to have to start making some budget cuts. Uh, the money's just not there. They hear that and then they go, oh, but we need money to help the Red River. We need money to help the private businesses, the private venues continue to stay up and running. Yes. We need to give that to them. Yes. Even though they were told on Tuesday by the city staff, sales tax revenue is flat so far this year. And you had the assumption it would be up 4%. You're going to have to make some cuts at some, to- some time between now and September, City Council. So imagine that. You've gotten the news. you got to make some budget cuts. You go into the meeting and you say, yeah, I vote to approve more f- to approve some funding to go to private businesses and venues to help prop them up. 512-836-0590. This is Stephen with Mark and Melinda. Good afternoon. Stephen, how are you? Good. I was going to comment on the washer and dryer situation. Yes, sir. I just um, wanted to make a point or note that President Obama also imposed additional energy requirements on our appliances. And at that time, and I'm so glad that I did, I bought a, a couple of Speed Queen commercial washers and dryers with the agitators, the old school back and forth churning. And they were about $1,250 a piece, but they had a 15-year warranty on the transmission. And I actually bought a spare washing machine because I knew they weren't going to be available anymore, and I stuck one in my barn. But um, anyhow, I just was going to comment that it's a shame that they're, they're infringing on the functionality and capacity of our appliances, and, and it's just unfortunate. Yeah, and they're they're not learning any lessons from this big push to electric vehicles that we're now seeing all of these companies, for the most part, bailing on. It should be the manu- the manufacturers, the people that make these things. If they want to come out with the most energy efficient, climate saving appliance that they have, great. And then when I need to go buy it or you need to go buy something, we look at it and we determine if that's what we want, if that's going to work best for us, or if we want to go a different route. We should have that option. 
I agree. And regulations infringe on capitalism, and it's unfortunate. Anyhow, y'all have a good day. I appreciate listening to y'all. You have a good one and a terrific weekend, Stephen. Thank you very much. Here are the numbers, 512-836-0590. It's Mark and Melinda. And now, back to the Mark and Melinda Show. Join the conversation at 512-836-0590. Tigers here producing at 532 and... Rob and Kyle wants to weigh in on former President Trump saying Governor Greg Abbott is on the short list of possible running mate candidates for VP. Hello, Rob. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, great show as always. Thank you for having me on here for a second. I just got a couple questions yes, sir. about Greg Abbott. So my first question, I guess, really more like how long has Biden been in office? Second question, or part two of that question, is how long has Biden border policy been in play? And then the third question, when did Abbott start acting on it? Well, those are are the things I think about. I mean, he didn't start until late, right before election season's here. So, anyway. Well, that's that's an interesting question. you're not alone in that thinking. Uh, Abbott might say, well, wait a minute. I launched Operation Lone Star, what, about a year into Biden's open border policy? Yeah, but I, I see where you're coming from, Rob. I know that it, in the beginning when he started doing things, people had the complaint that it only came after Ron DeSantis, you know, did that first sending of of people, flying them out. And then we started the busing and that it was it was like a... A delayed response, and then on top of that, it was a copycat response. However, sure. it got started. It, it got started, and he has been a strong advocate for it ever since. I, I can't disagree with that. I'm glad it got started. I have friends that live in Del Rio, and they're going through total heck right now. And it's just it's only getting better because of him. So, anyway, that's all I had, guys. I, I, I'm not a fan of Abbott. I think he's a rhino, and y'all have a great rest of your day. Is there, before you run, Rob, uh, is there somebody sure. you really would prefer as a Trump running mate? Uh, you know what? Uh, I would have loved to see DeSantis as a running mate with him. Because of his uh, strong accomplishments in Florida? Absolutely. I think it's still a possibility. I'm not saying he is going to be the one, but I think he's in the mix. Well, yeah. I mean, Trump has put him on the short list, too. And just like Abbott, DeSantis is saying, I'm here to run Florida. Again, I think if the invitation was extended to them, especially because DeSantis campaigned to run for president, he he has that ambition to be in the Oval Office. And if Trump offered the VP position to him, that absolutely is an easier way to get there than waiting until the next four years are over and launching again. They're closely aligned in terms of their ideology. Mm -hmm. They are. Absolutely. That is a true fast track to the presidency right there. Yes. Whoever's in the, if, if Trump uh, wins, whoever the VP is, they would really have a leg up as being the nominee. Absolutely. Uh, Rob, thank you. Have a great weekend. 512-836-0590. If you're just joining us, We're getting your thoughts on former President Trump saying, yes, Abbott is on my very short list of candidates to be my running mate. We're also talking about State Attorney General Ken Paxton. He is suing three more venues, accusing them of breaking state law by keeping off-duty 
police officers from carrying their firearm into the venues. That's the State Fair of Texas. There's a theater in Grand Prairie and then kind of a live music venue in the Deep Ellum part of Dallas. All three are now being sued by the attorney general saying you're breaking state law by keeping off-duty officers from bringing their gun into your venue. 512-836-0590. We also uh, have an update on that woman who cheated U.S. taxpayers out of $108 million. $108 million. Mm. She's going to plead guilty. This is the woman who was working for the U.S. Army. She was totally, exclusively in control of hundreds of millions of dollars to be handed out to nonprofit groups that work with the children of U.S. Army personnel. So she could judge their application. She was in charge then of sending out the money. She was totally in control of it. No one was overseeing what she was doing. And over seven years, she paid herself $108 million. One of, and I think the... The Army and the military are saying this, too. Probably the biggest ever scam that has occurred uh, in the Army. And I fear her pleading guilty. To me, that's a plea agreement. And so far, these plea agreements have been very light in the form of any punishment. She could face a maximum of 125 years in prison and I don't know how they're going to go with this as far as the plea agreement. She pleads, most of the time they say, oh, well, you fess up to it, slap mm-hmm. on the wrist. Mm-hmm. Maybe we, we take, we recoup any of the money you still have and haven't spent. We, we auction off all of the properties and the vehicles and we take that and then we'll call it good. This woman, to me, needs to be in jail for the rest of her life. She was creating fictitious nonprofit groups and having them send in applications. She was writing the applications, and then she was reviewing her own applications and sending money out to mailboxes in different locations. And she used the money to buy 31 different homes and more than 70 vehicles like Bugattis, Ferraris, Lamborghinis with $108 million. She got caught by the IRS. The Army did not detect this. This went on and on for seven years. It was the IRS who got suspicious. Again, I think that just shows that taxpayer money isn't really cared after. We don't put a whole lot of oversight on taxpayer money like I bet these individuals put on their own money. Mm Mm-hmm. This it's should... really it's really reprehensible, and I keep thinking about the kids who did not get the playgrounds and the after-school basketball leagues, et cetera, that they should have been getting because of what she did. And I can't help but wonder if this is how she set this up, if there were legit organizations that were trying to get this money and we're told their application was denied, maybe never heard anything back from that. That part of the story has never been addressed. The way it's it reads is, I'm not even sure that she let other organizations know that this money was available because she just was running and, and doing all of it, making up the different places to send it to, making up the addresses, going and getting 
post off boxes in the UPS store mm-hmm. here and there to have the money sent to it. She's 57 years old. She'll be sentenced in the spring. There are no details yet on uh, what type of sentence the government is considering for her. 512-836-0590 to join the conversation. Bob Woody is weighing in on the idea of Governor Abbott being the running mate for former President Donald Trump. Hey, Bob, how are you this afternoon? Good. Always glad to talk to y'all. Thank you, sir. Welcome. What do you think about that idea? Hey, Melinda. Hey um, you know, I think it's a great idea. When, when uh, During the shutdown, that's what I call it. Anyhow, during the shutdown, I sued the governor. So he was smart enough to have TABC contact me. And we mitigated bars opening back up. We were shut for a long time, but he was smart enough to know that if you know, it wasn't going to win the lawsuit against him. But he was smart enough to know that. So I think he's a, I think he's definitely a viable candidate. I think he knows how to mitigate. He's a, he was a good attorney and so on like that. He's he's leading this strong, strong economy here. Fifty six percent of all the oil and gas comes out of Texas. We've got to. We've got to have some leadership in that regard. Most importantly to me is on this vice president thing is 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 the preparation for the next president after this one. Have you all had that conversation today? Has that come up some? Yes, Bob. Uh, we've been posing that question because there's a school of thought right now that given the age of Trump and Biden, they need to show the voters they have a really strong VP so that person could take over if necessary. Well, with Trump, if he comes in, and I feel like Trump will win, but with him winning, it takes a position where for four years he's there. That's it. So we've got to be looking towards the next one after that. Of course, DeSantis seemed like a, a viable one. And, you know, if they've, they, they, if they've come together and figured it out, that's great. If not, of course, Abbott. Christy Nome, you know, again, so smart during the shutdown, kept her head, kept her state open, did really well in that regard. I liked her a lot. Tim Scott, real level-headed guy. Again, I think that you know that everyone's crying for things to be more towards how it was prior to the idiocracy that's here now, of course, <laughs> uh, and and you know the continuation of that. But but going a different direction, it's just important to think about. That term lame duck, you got four years. Trump's not a lame duck. He's not. He'll do plenty. Mm-hmm. And he'll he'll you know, he doesn't have to get reelected, so he's got time to do that. But he, he'll do a good job and then the next one will pick up on it, I feel like, and, and have another good four to eight years or whatever the case. So all of a sudden there's twelve good years ahead if we do it right. So it is it is incredibly important this time, uh, who the vice president is. I don't really feel like Pence was set up to be that. But I do look at those three, DeSantis, well, actually four. It'd be Abbott, DeSantis, Christy Nome, or Tim Scott. I think any one of those could do a great job. Thanks for taking the Wait, Bob, taking hold the on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Before you go, go what about yeah. this notion? We've heard from a few today that have said that Trump really does need to pick someone that can bring in votes that he currently doesn't have. Maybe really aiming that could bring in the independents. Well... You know, again, we look at we look at where we've been. Pendulum has swung. It needs to swing back the other way. Um, I, I, I get that vice president should be looked at that this is going to be eight years after this. That's the way I feel. You know, I think Trump will do a great job. I think we'll we'll be out of the fire and, and you know we'll be we'll be on our direction, back on course in so many different ways. So it's just smart for him to pick someone 
not so much, hey, I need, I need to pick. I, I think of this one idiot that said, I'm going to put a, a woman of color in there. Well, you should have picked the best woman, or if you're going to pick a woman, just pick the best woman for the job. Don't 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 pull your pants down and show everybody what you got right up front. It's so silly. This <laughs> this concept of uh, you're going to learn four years with the man. Also, it should be looked at that way. And I I believe that that those that that those that I said, uh, I think they all qualify. I really do. I, when I, I watched the entire thing with Abbott and Trump yesterday. And I thought they did a great job together. I thought they were complimentary. Uh, I don't really see that Trump has ever had an issue with Abbott. So I, I think in, you got to admit, when, when you get on Trump's bad side, it's really hard to get on his good side. So I don't see Abbott as that. I don't know if you've seen Tim Scott. I don't see Christy Nome. DeSantis was on his bad side. Trump went down there, saved DeSantis. He did that. He did all of that. And... I think it's healed up, though, so it could be any one of those. So I, I'm not trying to dodge your question. I don't All right, uh, Bob, got gotcha. you. Got to move along, but thank you. Yeah, Have a good the, one. The point is, is we really need to be looking at who's in that VP position. Yes, yes, for a lot of key factors. Mm-hmm. 512-836-0590. We've got traffic coming up just ahead. They're live, local, and talking about the stories that matter to you. Share your opinions with Mark and Melinda at 512-836-0590. Now, here are Mark and Melinda. 548, we go to Jim Liberty Hill. Hello, Jim. How are you doing? Greetings, everyone. Thank you for this wonderful show you put out every week. It's tops. Thank oh, you. Thanks. We appreciate that, Jim. Welcome. I just thought I would pass along to everybody, and everybody needs to pass it along to their friends, neighbors, loved ones, whatever. I don't care what the media tells you. I don't care what your neighbor tells you. You need to go out and vote this time like your life depends on it. A lot of people are throwing some nonsense out there that the vote's going to be rigged, that there's no sense in going to vote because you're just going to waste your time. No, please go vote. A lot of uh, areas are now going to be subject to surveillance by lawyers compared to 2020. A lot of polling locations are going to be uh, under surveillance, and they are not going to allow what happened in 2020 to, to happen in 2024. So please, people, go and vote. It is your civic duty. If your boss says you don't, you can't do that, then you need to take it up with the professionals and say, hey, uh, no, I'm allowed to go vote. You need to give me some time off. Just please pass that along. Well, and it's not only important for the presidential election. It's important here locally. There are going to be um, some choices to be made in November on what's going to happen here. The one that first comes to mind is who are you going to elect for Travis County DA? Oh, for sure. Oh, please. That's, oh my gosh, yes, that is definitely important. Don't let that get out of your way. Oh my gosh. Jim, thank you very much. And, uh, you can vote in that Democratic primary in the DA's race, even if you're not a Democrat. Right. The primaries gives you an opportunity to uh, decide at the very beginning. Do you want to vote on the Democrat side? Do you want to re- vote on the Republican side? And I, I know I saw a text earlier that said uh, they chose the Republican side and didn't see anything about the Travis DA. That's because there's an only one Republican running for the DA. There's nobody to contest that. It's on the Democrat side that has the challengers, and that's why it's showing up on the Democrat, because there's there's different ones to choose between. On the Republican side, there's not. There's just one person, one candidate there. You can vote in the Democratic primary against Jose Garza. And uh, then 
you can vote for the candidate of your choice in November, whether it's an R or a D. Right. That's when they're going to pit the R and yes. the D against each other. But right now it's deciding who's going to run for what party. And some people are crossing over because this DA's race is so important and Garza has done so much damage. Republicans are crossing over and voting in the Democrat primary for the opponent of Garza to try to get him out of there. Mm-hmm. Because if if Garza makes it to November, he's probably going to win. Yeah, the likelihood of that is very, very high. Yes. So, yeah, trying to get him where he's not even on the ballot in November is the mission right now for the primaries. Uh, let's go to Pete in Bastrop. It's 551 with Mark and Melinda. Hey, Pete, how are you doing? I'm great this afternoon. I love, love, love listening to your show in the afternoon. Wow. That's my day. That's oh, terrific. Thank you you we, just made our day. Yeah, uh, made our week. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to mention a name that you don't hear a lot about, but he's. I think he would be a great vice president candidate, and that is Ben Carson. Yes. Ben Carson, yeah. He's a world-class surgeon. This guy pulled himself up by his bootstraps, so to speak. I think he'd be a great fit. His life is a, a very inspiring story. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a terrific man. He's a brilliant surgeon. Uh, he and he may be on the list. We're just not hearing the name come up very much. But Trump has always been a big fan of mm-hmm. Dr. Carson. He was in his administration, I believe. Yes, yes he, was. he was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What What do you think about the idea of Governor Greg Abbott? If Trump were to pick Abbott, what do you think of that, Pete? Okay, um, I didn't say this, but I moved here about a year and a half, two years ago from Illinois. Okay, what I've seen, I think Greg Abbott would be a heck of a choice. Similar things, you know, he he didn't let his handicap put him down. He's a go-getter. He sticks to what he says he'll do, whether it's popular or not. Okay. Right, I would support it. All right. Those are good traits to have, yep. Very good. Pete, thank you. Have a, a great weekend, sir. 552-512-836-0590 to join the discussion. This is Tex in Adamsville. Welcome, Tex. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Good to hear you and uh, Melinda again. And uh, when y'all see Ed, tell him I ate his storms burger the other day i forgot to send it to him <laughs> i'll let him know that'll break his heart tex that will ruin his weekend it'll be good for him you know he's he i tell you what he seems to have come around a little bit lately but <laughs> yes yes he has we're working on it oh yes sir well i one of the big comments i have and everybody keeps talking about desantis and would desantis be but we got to stop and remember our Constitution prohibits DeSantis from being the VP since Florida. he and Trump are from the state. So, yeah, it says you can't be from the same state. You have to be from one of the other several states, if I remember the wording correctly, something like that. So if I could wave a magic wand and put a guy in there, I would love to see Mike Pompeo. Uh, you know, he was director of the CIA. He was secretary of state. Just a sharp, sharp guy, and and I graduated before he did from that little school up there on the Hudson. But <laughs> yes, <laughs> but yes. I think he would be he would be a really good one. He's he's very very straightforward. Tex, uh, didn't he graduate top of his class at West Point? Yes, sir, he did. I graduated fifth in my class from the bottom, 
<laughs> and and a year later than I should have, but that's a whole other story. You, you graduated. <laughs> they called everybody the same thing afterwards. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, always good to hear from you, Tex. Thank you so much. Right. Have a good a quick weekend. Reminder, a quick reminder for the crossover voters. Yes, sir. Um, if you cross over and vote in the other party, then you have to vote in the runoff election in that party. In other words, you can't change sides and then come back in the runoff and vote the other way. So if there's a runoff election, you have to stay, stay on that same ticket. Now, like you said, yeah, in the general, you can come back to your own party and vote. Yes, sir. You're right about that. That's a, a good additional point there. Thank you, Tex. Thanks, Tex. Have a great weekend. 512-836-0590. We also want to give you an update. They wrapped up the hearing in Atlanta today in the motion to dismiss Fonnie Willis as the lead prosecutor in this case against former President Donald Trump. She's the DA of Fulton County, which is there in Atlanta. They had final arguments in that case today. And Melinda, what did the judge say about the timeline moving forward? I expects to deliver uh, his decision within two weeks. Okay. And uh, the Wall Street Journal says... Under Georgia law, if Fonnie Willis is disqualified from that Trump case, that would mean her entire office would also be blocked from doing any more work on this case against Trump and the co-defendants. And that was one of the things that I've been wondering about during this whole time. If they do disqualify, what happens to the case? Does it just carry on and somebody else steps in? But to me, if it's disqualified, you're looking at... A huge delay. One, if you get a new appointed DA to this, they may not even see what she saw and decide not to bring the charges. But even if they do go, okay, based on this, I would imagine that they would want to do their own investigation, gather their own evidence to back up whatever it would Mm -hmm. be that they will be presenting. And uh, they could at at some point say, I'm not even going to carry on. Mm hmm. They could say, yes, we are going to prosecute, but legal experts are saying now the timeline is in jeopardy because Trump might get elected president, and while president, they would probably put on hold any kind of a case until after he leaves office. Oh, could you imagine that? He he wins, and then here comes 2028, and they're like, remember us, Georgia? <laughs> We're back for you. Wouldn't that be extraordinary? (laughs) Hey, have a great weekend, Melinda. You too. And Tiger, super job. Thank you very much to all of you. We hope you have a wonderful weekend. And come back and join us each afternoon, 2 to 6, Mark and Melinda on KLBJ.